Hey, you click play, and I want to welcome you back to season two, episode sixty-eight, which I'm calling the Racial War. This is your host Hannah Salazar, or known as the Advice from Hannah Show. <laughs> I'm known as the Advice from Hannah Show, and I'm super glad that I'm able to express myself in this matter. If you've been riding with me for a minute or two, like I know some of you have, you know that my preferred method of expressing my feelings and my emotions is via the podcast. So if you haven't yet subscribed, we're available on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Spotify, all the platforms, all the major podcast platforms. If you want to say what up to me, hit me up on the Instagram, which is advice from Hannah, or send me a quick email at advicefromhannah at gmail.com. Are you guys ready? Let's go. So, if you've turned on the news, you know that we have two major world issues happening right now. One of them being COVID-19, the global pandemic that has locked me in my room for the last three months and I haven't been able to go outside. But we're not here to talk about that. We are here to talk about BLM, Black Lives Matter, what is happening right now with the racial war political war in the U.S. and around the world. I've been asked several times on the Instagram platform to go on Instagram lives and talk about different issues with my friends and I totally enjoyed all of that. But if you know me, I have to come on here and say my piece as well. I just want to give a quick shout out to everybody that's been collabing with me and reaching out to having these conversations. I really appreciate just the simple thought of being known as somebody that could speak about about the subject. I'm not a race expert by all means, but I do lead from the heart and I speak about my own experiences. If you haven't known or if this is the first time that you're listening to me, I was born in the Dominican Republic. I probably say that all the damn time. But when I came to Canada at five, the black community rejoiced me, opened their arms, played with me, everything. Um, I enjoyed their music, their food, their culture. I've, I've been to their houses. I've been to their events. And it's just something that has been so much love and outpour. I actually consider myself an Afro-Latina because if you see me, you know how I look like. So I hold hand in hand with the black community. I identify myself as an Afro-Latina and of somebody who constantly receives so much love from the black community. It is outpouring sometimes. And I'm here to to talk about this in in the most positive manner. I myself haven't experienced any sort of police brutality or race, like racial slurs set to my face. But I have been in rooms where this has been the norm. And I've stayed quiet in a sense. I've seen, and I'm not proud of that, but I'm admitting it, right? And I'm not going to let that happen again. But, and I've seen so many opportunities of my friends just be passed up because of their color of their skin, especially after having all these conversations. I do understand more and more how the black community has been oppressed for over 400 years. So much talent, so much, you know, love and and art that comes from the black community and society has oppressed them. And I'm really not going to stand for it anymore, I think. And I've become a person over the last year. I'm a cheerleader. If you don't know me, I back up a lot of projects. I am in the behind the scenes. I'm supporting 
and I'm giving strategies and letting people know in a sense how to go by when they're when they're doing something new and how to establish themselves online. Ninety percent of the people I work with are people of color. Without a without a doubt. Hands down. I choose to work with people that look like me because I understand the struggle and the mindset. Not to say that I don't work with other cultures because I do, but they are the ones that hold a near and dear place in my heart. I'm super saddened by everything that I see online of how many people are afraid to speak out and and talk about how they feel and talk about how they view things because they're scared of judgment, because they're scared of maybe their work is going to be, you know, taken from them or they're not going to be able to succeed or surpass any sort of adversity if they really show how they're feeling at that given moment. So I'm going to talk to you guys a little bit and I want to kind of, I have this thing online that I've been referencing to because so many people have asked me to come use my voice and I will always use my voice for change. I will always use my voice to champion people and and cheer them on. I will use my voice when things aren't right. I will use my voice whenever the I feel like it. So I don't have a problem talking about the super hard subjects because I do it every single week on this podcast. So if you want to, you know, have a conversation about race and, and how opportunities are taken from my friends left, right, and center, and you think that's not true, that I've got stories for you. So there are some in the ecosystem, there's seven types of change that can happen with somebody, right? So I was looking online the other day and I stumbled across this and I thought it was super, super, super cool. And like everybody has a role in social change, right? So they're the weavers. So they see the lines of connectivity between people, places, organizations, and ideas. The experimenters, they, they're pioneers of things. So the experimenters, they take risk and course correct as needed. The frontline responders are the people that are organizing the resources, aiding communities. They're visionaries, imagine and generate boldest possible hopes and dreams and remind others of the direction. They're builders that develop and implement ideas, practices, and people. They're caregivers that nurture and nourish people around them to create the change. There's disruptor that the ones that take uncomfortable, risky actions to shake up the status quo. They're healers and they recognize and tend to generational current traumas by oppressive systems. They're storytellers. They craft and share community stories and experiences through possibility of art, spoken word, media, and movement. And they're guides that they teach, counsel, advise, use gifts, and well-earned wisdom. So I kind of went through that pretty quickly, but I want to let you know that these are this one of the resources that I found online that I, I thought was super useful of the seven different, not seven, or eight, nine, nine, wait, can, I can't count. Y'all know I can't count. One, two, three, four, five, ten different titles of people that can make social change in your ecosystem. So if you're sitting at home right now and you see everything that's happening with with Black Lives Matter, with the police brutality, and you think that the only way that you can make difference is by, you know, marching, throwing riots or things like that, what the media portrays, there's 10 different ways for you to create change within your own community. I'm somebody that's been a huge advocate of that. 
Yes, I have this platform. Yes, I'm a podcaster. Yes, people ask me to come on to their networks and, and speak greatness to their audience. However, that's my vocation, right? I'm a visionary. I see like people working together in the future. I see partnerships and opportunities and stages being shared by all my colleagues. That's what I see and I strive and I push for it as much as I can. But necessarily, that may not be your jam, man. And if that's not what you think is right for you at this moment, don't force it. Because I strongly believe that a lot of things don't pan out because you're not leading through your natural intuition. We're trying to do things that we're not meant to do and therefore we're not being successful. So whatever it is that you feel in your heart that you're supposed to be doing during this time, that's what you need to do. Whether it's you're nurturing the people in your community, whether it's that you're storytelling, whether you're at the front lines, whether you're a visionary, whether you're weaving things together, whatever motion it is that you're supposed to be doing, stick to that. Because not everybody is meant to be at the forefront of change. Not everybody is meant to grab a microphone. I know it looks glamorous, but sometimes there's other work that needs to be done in the back end of things to make the change makers and to make everybody that's revolutionary right now still work. So I'm, it's, I wanted to say that because A, this is my platform, say whatever I want, but I really wanted to stress upon that. Yes, you have a chance to make an impact in your community and make an impact on what you want to see done, but you have to do this in your own way. Not everybody can do the exact same thing and you have to lead with your heart and lead with intention. I know a lot of us are scared or we fear that we'll be judged. And guess what? You are going to be judged. Guess what? You're still going to have to do it scared. So I want you to to level up in a sense and just go do what your heart desires. I also, I touched a really cool uh, point while I was talking to my friend Don, Heart of a Man. If you guys don't follow him, you definitely should. Uh, shout out to Don. Thanks so much for the intuitive convo the other day. but you know, a big part of that is education. A huge part of, of the fact that we're scared to talk up when when we're in a room and, and we see our people of color, or black community be mistreated is we don't want to speak up because we lack education, because we, we don't know how to speak up, because we're scared that our accents or our slang or the way we show up is going to be harshly judged. And to be honest, I, in my personal opinion here, I'm very open-minded. I, I don't judge by what somebody looks like or how they talk. I talk about, I, I judge them how they make me feel. Um, that's like the biggest guide that I, that I choose to, to navigate with, how somebody makes me feel when I'm with them. Um, but, you know, education is the key. I know a lot of us went to college and, you know, if you're in the 30 plus age group, which I'm not, um, we haven't been in school in a while and we haven't picked up any sort of formal education in a while. And, Angelica Lamb, who's also somebody I look up to, she's always preaching to to go to business school and, and get your master's or, you know, Don was saying, you know, go, go sign up for a course or start taking night courses or anything because the only way that we can combat this is through education. If we're smarter, not smarter, if we have enough knowledge gained by reading, by going to school, by attending groups, by attending seminars, by attending workshops, If we're educated enough, we won't be silenced because we'll now have the same tools that everybody else in the room has. 
I'm not going to sit here and lie to you and say that white privilege doesn't exist because it exists. I've seen it. I've seen it right in front of my eyes. Not to say that we can't partner and, you know, hold hands with white privilege and, and, you know, take that, that and like raise it up even higher together. That's a conversation for another day. But the only difference sometimes is the education. Work ethic is there. I can work till the dogs come home. I can work 12, 18 hour days. I do it every single day. And, and I can outwork anybody. But at the end of it all, I can put in the work and I can do everything. But somebody with their shiny, you know, piece of paper will be able to get into a corporate room and seal the deal. Not to say that I can't do it, but it would just take me longer to do so. Um, and mind you, I have a bachelor's degree in business. So, th- but I'm talking about the higher rooms and the, and the higher conversations, right? So we shouldn't back away from learning more. There's so many, um, I see so many programs right now and, and it's looking way more diverse and with people of color than it did when I was in, in college five, six years ago. So it, it's definitely something that I like to preach, which, which is education. It's something that if you're listening to me in the northern side of, of the hemisphere, it's pretty accessible with all the grants and scholarships and things that people are, are getting themselves into. It's no longer as unattainable, I like to think, as it once was because we're now opening our minds. You know, if you look at the greatest leaders in life, they're super educated. And if this is something that you want to combat, we have to do this with smarts. Yes, we can be street smart, but we have to have the book smarts. I've heard it time and time again. There is, you know, work in silence. Even if you're going to school at night, even if you're taking one course and it's going to take you eight years to get your master's, whatever the case may be, I suggest for you to start and to start now because the only way we're going to get ahead is by educating ourselves. And if we can't educate ourselves by ourselves, then we grab a group of people and we and we work together and we all learn together to rise together because that's the only way I find that we're going to combat this racial war is by having more education. It's by reading more. It's by working together and it's by leading with a lot, a lot of love um, and, and having the tough conversations, not only online, but offline and being allies and creating genuine two way partnerships with people and really elevating your community. That's kind of what I want to do. I am definitely looking more and more into furthering my education and being able to share all my platforms with whoever wants to share them with me if and so you're ready to do it. Um, by all means, this is just me expressing how I feel. I really want everybody to feel comfortable and happy when they're about to start something and that they're not doing it because I told them to. As always, I want to thank you so very much for listening to me. I don't take your listens for granted. I myself struggle with the consistency of this podcast, but just to know that at least one person that's listening to me right now is actually resonating with what I'm saying, then it makes all my sleepless nights and anxiety written, stress and everything else that I experience totally worth it. So what are we going to do? We're going to find out which 10 of the things of the ecosystem that we fit under which like role we're going to start getting more educated we're going to lead with love we're going to handhold we're going to collaborate and we're going to demand the spots that we deserve or if not create them as always this is your favorite host advice from hannah 
coming at you from her bedroom studio in Toronto, and I want to wish you the best week ever. Toodles. Oh.